Miss Wright, how you, you doing? Can you hear me? Hi. How you doing? All right. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm going to mute you and we'll sound check everybody. And then we come in about 25 minutes and I'm going to ask you a question or two doing the Dr. Barnes interview, especially about this new marketing team. Okay. Okay. So you want me to stay on? Yes. You want to stay I, on? Sure. I thought this was just a Dr. Barnes thing. <laughs> we love everybody. May just be one question or two, but we want you on. Okay. Okay. I'll be sure to stay on. Thank you. All righty. Jim. Hello. Hello. Yes, I can. Right, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Coming in loud and clear. Lovely. Right All right. I'm going to mute you. All righty.
two, one. Good evening, and welcome to another evening of Dr. Cliff Burton's Friend featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sport and HBCU athletics. We're getting started a little early tonight, because as we often do, when there are issues that come up that affect mankind, we want to at least acknowledge and address them. We'll take about a 20-minute moment of silence for the victims of the Maui wildfire. Okay, over in uh, Hawaii, we've all seen the news with the wildfires, devastating wildfires. And as of now, there have been approximately 96 confirmed fatalities. Um, the damage is widespread. There were 490 some odd workers on the ground. This already been reported in Lahania uh, about $5.52 billion worth of a damage. And so uh, we're just going to pray about it. I'm going to come first to you, Jim. Tell me your thoughts and then Dr. Kemp on Maui. Sad when you have, there are going to be upwards of 100 lives lost in maui and you know you know it's, it's always sad you know, living in florida where we had a lot of hurricanes we always had to watch out for that but i haven't heard of a hurricane in maui like this and starting wildfires mm. again yeah we my saw prayers go out to the the people in maui mm -hmm. dr kemp you there yes um good evening yeah, everyone because, yeah um, um, good evening, everyone. Yes, I mean, our hearts and prayers goes go out to um, the people, you know, in Hawaii, Maui, um, Lahana. It's just, it was just, you know, just devastating. Something just hard to even look at, um, you know, with the, the tragic loss, um, you know, of lives, um, just property, everything, and, and just seemed like in an instant. And, you know, at that point, I can't even imagine, you know, you thinking you see this and it's like, where do I go, you know, for safety? So definitely praying for them and we'll try to uh, definitely make sure that I contribute to whatever I can, you know, because that can happen to anybody, any one of us. So yeah. carefully not, but, you know, you just never know. Yeah, several ways you can support. One of the ways I know CNN it's been putting on their TV show, different ways you can support. There's always the Red Cross and many, many other ways. We'd like to welcome Jeff Bush to the show tonight. And we also like to welcome the assistant to our special guest, Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. We have Donnie Wright, and we're going to speak to her a little later on. She's over strategic marketing for the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, and we want to welcome her to our show tonight. And so, Again, we are going to keep our prayers, we're going to keep our thoughts, we're going to keep our focus on Maui until everybody there is safe and sound and they can recover. And uh, let's just keep that on the forefront. Now, let's go to sports. Our woman of the month. All righty. 
We all know who she is. Jackie Joyner Kirsty. All right. And uh, last week we talked about several things that she has done already in gold and silver and bronze. But tonight let's talk about Jackie Joyner Kirsty, her early life. She was born in March 3rd, 1962 in East St. Louis, Illinois, and was named after Jack Kennedy, first lady of the United States. As a high school athlete at East St. Louis High School, she qualified for the final long jump at the 1980 Olympic trial, finishing eighth behind another high schooler, Carol Lewis. She was inspired to compete in multidisciplinary track and field events after seeing a movie about Babe Didrikson Zaharia. Didrikson, track star, basketball star, and pro golfer, was chosen the greatest female athlete of the first half of the 20th century. Fifteen years later, Sports Illustrated for Women magazine voted Jackie Jonah Kersey the greatest female athlete of all time, just ahead of Zaharias. Let me run it down one more time for those who are joining us for the first time. Olympic Games, 1988, Seoul, Heptathlon, Gold. 1988, Seoul, Long Jump, Gold. 1992, Barcelona, Heptathlon, Gold. 1984, Los Angeles, Heptathlon, Silver. 1992, Barcelona, Long Jump, Bronze. 1996, Atlanta, Long Jump, Bronze. World Championships, 1987, Rome, Long Jump, Gold. 1987, Rome, Heptathlon, Gold. 1991, Tokyo, Long Jump, Gold. 1993, Studer, Heptathlon, Gold. Goodwill Games, 1986, Moscow, Heptathlon, Gold. 1990, Seattle, Heptathlon, Gold. 1994, St. Petersburg, Heptathlon, Gold. 1998, New York, Heptathlon, Gold. Pan American Games, 1987, Indianapolis, Long Jump, Gold. Jim, you tell us this week, what do you think Jackie Jordan Kirsten? Some points in her basketball career, which is 19th in all times for the Bruins. So she not only played, well, not played, but she not only was a track and field legend, but she also was a pretty good basketball player. Yes, she was. You know, as I said before, I think she might be the best athlete, at least in the, in the uh, latter part of the 21st century, female mm -hmm. athlete. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dr. Kemp? Okay, Dr. Kemp can speak to us right now, but we'll get back with her. Okay, Jim, we talked about the best female athletes of all time. Where do you put her in the top top five? You know, not just because she's our athlete of the month. I I put her number one. You put her number one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, let's go on, Jim. To our next athlete, great athlete, and we didn't get to talk about her much, but a few weeks ago, she returned to gymnastics. That is Simone Biles. Oh boy, she took the world by storm. I think the uh, the meet was in Illinois. It was a Saturday night. It was filmed on TV, and um, yeah, it was a core hydration classic on Saturday. She won the meet and doesn't look like she has missed the beat since the 2021 games in Tokyo. Jim, what do you think about it? Simone Biles. I happened to be turning the channel and flipped on just <laughs> as she was performing. 
she's back. That's what I'll say. And then she was in the stands, I believe, the next day to support her husband who plays for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yeah. But she does not look like she missed a beat. And I would be surprised if she doesn't medal in Paris in 2024. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tim, the other night doing the floor routine, uh, she performed a double layout with a half turn, a move that's been named after her and earned her a score of 49. And then she performed a, listen to the word, Yurchenko double pike. It's considered the hardest women's ball in the world to earn an impressive score of 15.4. They say if she performs the Yurchenko double pike in an international competition, that it will officially be named after her. So, hey, I'm with you, Jim. Simone Biles, she is back. Yes, she is. All righty. <laughs> Dr. Kemp, what do you think? Simone Biles, she's back. Oh, most definitely, she is back. Um, I happened to see that that meet um, as well, and it was just so inspiring just to see her up there looking confident, you know, happy, excited, you know. And then she definitely kept expressing to everyone how she has taken out time to work on herself, you know. She goes to therapy, you know, every week, and you know, which is important to the athletes, to anyone, but you know, especially the the athletes, student athletes, which you know we definitely don't realize. Um, so uh, I'm just really happy for her and you know Team USA. And uh, yeah, she, she, she's definitely back. I'm just waiting for, for Gabby next. Yes, right. Gabby Douglas is coming back as well. <laughs> so, uh, hey, one more time. Come on, Bounce. All righty. Now, we want to move on to another athlete who has passed a milestone. She's 41 years of age, and she is from the uh, Phoenix Mercury. Diana Taurasi. I remember she used to be a Husky. But now, a few weeks ago, Diana Rossi passed the 10,000-point career mark. It's the leading point-getter career mark in the WNBA. And in that game, she had 42 points at 41 years of age. So, Jim, give me a take. Diana Rossi. Well, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were saying some of the best female... When we were talking about some of the best female athletes, yeah, I had her right up there mm -hmm. because I thought that she has proven over time, and she's 41, yeah. won many championships, not only with the USA, with the Mercury. She's won a, a bunch of championships abroad in, uh, in uh, Russia. So she's just like a fine wine, gets better with age. That's <laughs> Kemp. I mean, she, that game. Go ahead, Jill. I don't think that, that was one of her better shooting games when, while shooting for 40 points in terms of her percentage. I totally agree. I saw, I saw the highlights of that game and and it was funny because it was like everybody knew that she was getting down to, you know, getting close to the to the 10K. 
um, points, and they just kept feeding her the ball, and it just seemed like she just could not miss. So she is definitely uh, one of a kind. So my hat goes off to you, Miss Tarasi. Diana Tarasi. Seemed like she was just a husky yesterday. Now, HBCU News. HBCU News. We have a player. Her, she was the SWAC Women's Player of the League year last year. And her, her name is uh, Ayana Emanuel. She's a guard. And she was at Alabama State 2023 SWAC Player of the Year. She averaged for a career of four years there. Uh, 16.8 4.5 rebounds, and 2.5 assists a game. She led the team in scoring all five of her seasons there, led, and left Alabama State as the school's all-time leading scorer with 2,000 points. Why are we celebrating her? She has just signed a professional contract with the team, the ZKK Krom Javo. They are in Serbia. Last year, they were 19-3. And they played in the ZLS final series. So she has signed a pro contract. And uh, we want to congratulate her. And I want to um, I want to hear, Jim, what you think. And you too, Marlo, Dr. Kemp, about an athlete now going overseas. I think Serbia is where the tennis player Djokovic is from. Jim? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always prayerful everything's going to work out all right i have one of my mentees that has a chance to sign in lebanon and i'm kind of fearful for that but i'm hoping that ayana is going to do well in serbia and stay away from russia and um the ukraine for that matter mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. should be able to play ball over there and then eventually come back over here and play for the WNBA. yeah which I'm hoping they're going to do some expansion soon because they only have 144 jobs and have to cut draft choices each year that deserve to play, but there's no no spot for them. Dr. Kemp? So I'm hoping that Ayana will do well in Serbia. Mm-hmm. Dr. Kemp? Oh, yeah. Well, congratulations, young lady. And we definitely are um, praying for her over there um we know that she's going to do well but definitely make sure that she is safe as jim said um but i think it's it's wonderful that she's able you know to sign a, a, a professional contract yes uh, over there. and it's their first what their first basketball league over in Serbia for women's for, for women anyway wow I think that, that that's that's wonderful for her so we wish her All well right. she will definitely be following Alrighty, Ayana Emmanuel, way to represent the SWAT Conference and HBCUs. Now, in the chat room, Terry Williams, there's Hooray, taking care of mental health. Donnie Wright likes the show. Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes, yes, likes the show. Alrighty, here we go. Let's go on to Howard University. The women are also doing big things uh, from the back. Their basketball team has just been set to compete in a very prestigious tournament, the second annual Bad Boy Mowers Women's Battle for Atlantis Tournament. It's November 18th to 20th at the Imperial Arena in Atlantis Paradise Island. Listen, in this tournament, there's gonna be four teams that made the 2023 NCAA Tournament. Ole Miss, 
I believe they beat Stanford, Michigan, South Dakota. All those teams went to the Sweet 16. So Howard is right in there with them. The remaining teams in this tournament, Arizona, DePaul, Memphis, and Middle Tennessee State. And all of those teams were part of the field of 64. So this is the first HBCU invited to this elite tournament in Division One. Dr. Kemp, I'm going to let you go first on this one. I think this is a great accomplishment. Dr. Kemp? It definitely is. And what a way to go. What a way to go, Kim and Paradise Island. We definitely mm. want to congratulate them. And so hopefully they will do well. Um, and I'm sure that they will. Uh, but I think it's nice. And it's, it's definitely nice for the young ladies you know, to get a chance to experience this. Um, and, you know, hopefully they have a good time while they are definitely playing and come back with the championship, you know, you yeah. never know. Mm -hmm. Jim? Was to get to go to the Bahamas <laughs> to play a basketball tournament in November is exciting and get a little money along with it. I, you know, I hope they do well. They've got a lot of competition, but, you know, Competition makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully they'll do well and be ready for the NCAAs again this year. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go. Go get them. Lady Bisons. All righty. Okay. We thought, Dr. Kemp, that we would still be covering the U.S. women in FIFA <laughs> World Cup. But we're still excited. <laughs> it's a great tournament. The down to the semifinals, and tonight, Spain versus Sweden in one semifinals, and on Wednesday night, England versus the home team, Australia. Mm -hmm. In fact, <laughs> the mayor or the governor of Australia said, if the women win it, they're going to make it a national holiday. So, <laughs> FIFA, what do you think, Dr. Kemp? Now, who beat the U.S.? Sweden? Who beat the U.S.? Yes. Okay, Jim. Dr. Kemp? Well, good for, Aust good for Australia. Then I guess I'm pulling for Australia. Because I, <laughs> I want them to at least at least have a holiday, if nothing else. Well, on top of a championship so uh, or World Cup, I'm sorry. So um, that's exciting. Uh, but you definitely have definitely four good teams, you know, that are in it. And they are definitely battling it out. So we have, what, just about less than a week left. Um, before yeah. we see who uh, will be lifting up that World Cup. Um, but it's been exciting and just sorry that, you know, of course, the USA, you know, didn't make it as far as we all wanted them to to make it. But it was exciting, though. It was exciting. Jim, and we'll see what happens. Jim? Well, Cliff, it's going to be, and, and Marlo, it's going to be very interesting if Australia wins the World Cup and all the workers that are there to help all the people throughout the world that have come to the cup have a day off when they're about to leave. <laughs> so that'll be very interesting. But, you know, I hear people complain about how the U.S. played. They played defensively well. And I, 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 with my son's tournaments I've seen when he played soccer, you find some teams that might only score four or five goals and win the tournament because the defense was so strong. Mm -hmm. Now, they missed a lot of uh, penalty kicks in the end. That cost them, because it was mm -hmm. a zero-zero draw with Sweden. But Sweden made more penalty kicks. So, 
you know, kudos to the U.S. for winning two in a row and going for three. But they're a team of transition, and I think they'll still do well in the upcoming years. All right. I agree. We have to and we have the Marlins we finals. Let's still stay interested. It's a great FIFA Cup, and uh, we're cheering for the ladies, okay? They're doing a great job. Okay. We said that we would definitely keep up with volleyball this year. Volleyball season is right around the corner, about to start. And so we want to just go through, start with the SIAC tonight, the MEAC tonight. We already did the CIAA last week. And then next week, we're coming with the SWAC and the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. So here we are, SIAC, the preseason offensive player of the year, Fatima Ramirez, Edward Waters, preseason defensive player of the year, Makayla Boiler of the champions from Spring Hill. They're the defending champions. Now, let me talk to you about the first team. Kyra Gaston, sophomore from Lane. Destiny Langston, senior, Savannah State. Fatima Ramirez, junior, Edward Waters. Kamari Trotter, sophomore, Albany State. Ariana Weaver, junior, from Spring Hill. Makala Boiler, she's a graduate student, Spring Hill. And Mattia Barber, she's a freshman from Edward Waters. And then this is the predicted order of finish, okay, in the East Division. Edward Waters, Albany State, Benedict Third, Savannah State, Clark Lana, Allen, Fort Valley State. In the West Division, Spring Hill, lane number two, Kentucky State, Central State four, Miles five, Tuskegee six, and the Moen Owen will round it out. That is the SIAC. Let me give it to you now very quickly. The MEAC. Player of the Year, Raya McKinnon from Howard University. Preseason All-MEAC team, team, Ashley Roman, Coppin State. Andrea Fistabona, Sonova, excuse me, Coppin State. Amara Williams, Coppin State. Alondra Maldonado, Delaware State. Jennifer Bolden, Howard. Kayla Diaz, Howard. Raya McKinnon, Howard. And this is the predicted order of finish. First, Coppin State. Second, Howard. Third, Delaware State, four, Norfolk State, five, North Carolina Central, six, Maryland, Eastern Shore, seven, Morgan State, and predicted in the cellar this year, bringing it up, South Carolina State. We will get back to the WNBA next week, and let you know how the game turned out with the Ace and the Liberty, and we're going to go to commercial break, and we're coming right back, Jim, with the men's sports, okay? Be back in about 30 seconds, all righty? All right, now. Welcome back, Dr. Clifford Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBCU athletics. Jim, before you go to the men, we want to thank and welcome to the show the young lady who got us, Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. She's a right-hand lady, and we want to make sure to acknowledge her tonight. So I'm going to unmic her, and we just want to tell you thank you and welcome to the show. Say hello. Miss Danny Wright, how you doing? 
Good evening. Good evening. How are you all? Oh, we doing Hi. good. Doing good. All righty. <laughs> good. Good. <All> right. <laughs> We're going to introduce Dr. Barnes in about ten minutes, but we just want to tell you thank you so much for all you're doing, HBCUs for the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, and and thank you for working with us when we try to get Dr. Kiki Barnes because we know she's busy and a woman on the go. So, Danny, <laughs> we're gonna mic you. Um, we're gonna mute you. And we're going to bring Jim on. But again, thank you so much. Ms. Danny Wright. Hey, thank you. Thank you all so much. We we really appreciate you all. All righty. All righty. <laughs> Jim. Yes. Uh, we had to start off on a sad note. Uh, the former longtime Shaw Athletics Director Alfonso Carter has died. He was 73 years old. He's been at Shaw for more than 40 years, including two decades as his athletic director. During his tenure, they were the only athletic program in the CIAA to have at least one championship each year from 2000 to 2010. He played a big role in bringing football back to Shaw which has won four titles since 2000, in the years 2004 through 2010. He's in the CIAA, the Shaw Athletic Hall of Fame. He also had a Hall of Fame basketball career at North Carolina A&T, which he's in their Hall of Fame for his basketball. He spent a lot of time on the sideline at Shaw, serving as a head coach in women and men's basketball and tennis. Dr. Alfonso Carter, rest in peace. Now the next bit of news we had, well, I want, I want to just mention this first. You know, we had a lot of rookies show off their wares, but uh, we actually had a coach in the, uh, Chicago Tennessee Titan game who was an assistant coach, but uh, Mike Vrabel let him coach the first half of the exhibition game. And this is big because Terrell Williams has been coaching in the pros for about 20 some years in various different jobs. He wants to be a pair coach. So Mike Vrabel gave him the experience and the exposure and it said, I told the team and everyone involved in the organization that Terrell Williams would like to take coach for Chicago starting on Friday. This is a great opportunity for him. So I want to give a shout out to defensive line and assistant head coach Terrell Williams and for Mike Vrabel for taking that stand to let him do that. Now we had a couple HBCU players that were able to play in uh, – some preseason games. We had Emmanuel Wilson, the reigning SIAC Offensive Player of the Year. He put his name on the NBA NFL radar with uh, six carries for 111 yards and found the end zone twice. One end zone, one touchdown was an 80-yard TD run. We also had Isaiah Bolden, a seventh-round pick out of. Uh, Jackson State had two solo tackles and a 26-yard kick return. He was the only HBCU player drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. Aubrey Miller, a linebacker out of uh, 
Jackson State made his debut with the Atlanta with the Miami Dolphins. He posted a solo and assisted on a tackle. Shaq Davis, a lot of these names we talked about last year. Receiver out of South Carolina State caught two passes for 20 yards with the New Orleans Saints. Isaiah Land, rookie out of Florida AM, assisted on a tackle in his debut with the Cowboys. And Andrew Farmer, defensive end out of Lane, had three solo tackles and a sack. So our HBCU players are doing it and doing it well in these preseason games. Next. There is a young man who's transferring from Jackson State to Florida A&M. And guess who he gets to play in his first game? Jackson State. John Graves III will be on the field when Jackson State travels to Miami. But it's just not like they're matched to take on FAMU. But it's just not like they're matching. He's committed to FAMU after leaving Jackson State after just months after committing to the two-time SWAC champions. So he also was the person that put um, put Jackson State out of the uh, playoffs last year. So, well, yeah, he played with the team, Southeastern uh, Louisiana. So kudos to John Gray's III for making a change from Jackson State to FAMU. Now, going on to SWAC. The season preseason polls for the SWAT. The uh, they had Southern at the top with uh, 122 votes, 122 points. Next, they had Jackson State. Then they had. Alcorn, Alcorn State and Jackson State had 94 points apiece. Alabama State had 80. Texas Southern had 73. Alabama A&M had 73. Grambling State, 69. Prairie View, 68. And then rounding out the bottom, you have Mississippi State with 35. Bethune with 33, 34. And Arkansas Pine Bluff with 33 points. So it looks like at the top of the SWAC, you're going to have some competition between Southern Florida State, Southern Florida A&M, and Jackson State. Now the MEAC, with their polls, came out with the uh, winner of the Celebration Bowl, North Carolina Central, and their quarterback, Darius Richard, coming in first with 124 points. Howard came in second at 98. South Carolina State had 74. Morgan State had 68. Norfolk State had 28. And Offensive Player of the Year, Davius Richard, North Carolina Central. And Defensive Player, also from North Carolina Central, Khalil Baker. So it looks like the, the MEAC is going to be a barn burner as well with North Carolina Central, the winner of the Heritage Bowl or Celebration Bowl, picked to win the MEAC. 
now. I think I thought Damar Hamlin. Damar Hamlin has come back from a uh, near-death experience on the field at Cincinnati like last season. And he is playing again. He's got a full, clean bill of health from the doctors. And on the first the first preseason game, Buffalo had a fourth and Buffalo had Indianapolis facing a fourth and one on their Colts 40-yard line. Defensive coordinator, head coach Sean McDermott called for a blitz, and Hamlin broke through the line and brought down running back Evan Hall for no gain, ending the drive. So DeMar Hamlin is playing well. He's happy to be out there. He's a breath of fresh air. But also one thing that a lot of people don't know, the two Bills safeties are both 11-year veterans, which means they're in their early 30s. So he got a chance last year to play because one of them got hurt. But I think he's got a great chance to make a breakthrough this year if he keeps on playing as he has been playing. So my prayers, as always, go out to DeMar Hamlin to have a great and healthy season in 2023 with the Buffalo Bills. All righty. Thank you so much, Jim. Great job. Great job. We'll take about a... Just a 30 second break, and we're coming right back. University of New Orleans alumni, Kiki Baker Barnes, the constant competitor whose tenacity pushes her to search for solutions instead of reach for excuses. This former standout University of New Orleans basketball player and record-setting triple jumper is now the trailblazing commissioner for the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Barnes was appointed commissioner following her 16-year stint as the athletic director of Dillard University in New Orleans. She made history first black woman commissioner in the 40-year history of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. She's also the first black woman commissioner in the history of the National Intercollegiate Athletic Association, an association founded in 1937 that includes more than 250 member institutions. institutions. She's known as the strategist, and boy, is she building the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Please, unmike her, and join me in welcoming Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. Hello? Hey, hey, how are you? Oh, she's here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our crowd's going crazy, Dr. Barnes. I'll have to quiet them down. I love you. I, I love the crowd noise. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Barnes, before we get started, <laughs> First of all, thanks for, the, for uh, letting us have your time tonight. But I want to tell you this. You have so many interviews, but about a year ago, you came on the Mark Jones and Friends show. Jim and I, James and I were working on this show. What you don't know is that was the beginning of testing the concept 
of promoting women in HBCU sports. Okay. I had just got on the show. You didn't know this. Oh, wow. And we said, if we can test the market with the best women and interview them, let's see how it goes. So it was Karen Barnes, Coach Crawford from Fisk, Coach King, the running back coach for the Commandos, Angela Williams, the track coach at Prairie View. And our fifth interview yeah. was Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. And because you all were so oh, impressive, wow. it forced the market and forced this platform. Here we are about 26 interviews later. And so while you were building the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, you didn't even know it, but you were building Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBC athletics. And we thank you and we're indebted to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Keith Baker <laughs> Just that one. You didn't even know it. <laughs> no, I had no idea, but thank you, you for your consistency. I mean, you know, if you didn't show up, you and your team show up to, to cover us and to talk about the things that women are doing, then, I mean, I honestly feel like it's a tribute to the work that you have put in to help um, broaden our platforms and to share more about what we're doing. So kudos to you and the team, and I'm just grateful to be a part. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. All right. Now, we both basketball players, Dr. Barnes, so I got to introduce you to my teammates, Dr. Marlo Kemp, who was not with the team on that show, but she is more mm -hmm. integral part of this show. And then, of course, you remember James Waddell. So, Dr. Kemp, say hello to Dr. Barnes before we get started. And then, James, I'll let you say hello. Dr. Kemp. Hi, Dr. Barnes. Welcome. Welcome to you and Danny. Thank you. <laughs> glad to be here. Great to meet you. Yes, we're glad to have you. But I want to ask this question first. Is there any truth to the rumor that you are going to set up a uh, – wintertime office at the University of the Virgin Islands? <laughs> hey, listen, I will not call that rumor. I will call that a great suggestion that I should consider. <laughs> well, you know, I'm taking notes. Cliff and I have a Cliff and I have a classmate that's very big in the Virgin Islands. So just let us know. Hey, I might need y'all's help. I'm telling you now. <laughs> right after this call, we need we need to set up a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Barnes, a year ago, uh, you were just starting in the uh, starting as a commissioner. You found the office, a home. I remember this. You found some sponsors: Hope Credit Union, Urban Edge Network, Hank Aaron Sports Academy, and Decatur Morgan County Tourism or Tours. And you had a motto that I couldn't get right. It was called, is it telling me again, Gulf Coast Rising? Rising Gulf Coast, what was it? <laughs> GCAC Rising. GCAC Rising. I couldn't get around the other show. But <laughs> you, you partnered with so many people. Tell us about the partnerships and how you've now developed, it looks like close to 13 or 14 partnerships, not just Urban Edge Network. Tell us about it. Well, I, th I think there are a couple of things before I can talk about partnerships. I have to talk about having a great team. So when we when we talked last year, we were still in the beginning stages of, of pulling that team together. Um, one of the key team members that helped to pull off that first uh, corporate partnership 
um, was Alvin Franklin. Alvin Franklin serves as the revenue director for the GCAC. But Alvin also, I guess, his full-time gig, he just recently uh, became the youngest African-American uh, male serving in a, a senior development or senior associate athletic director role at a Power Five. He just took over at Houston. Um, they like released it like a week ago. Um, he was he was this past year in Mississippi State is uh, running their development. But Alvin, uh, Jackson State grad, played baseball at Jackson State, graduated from there, um, has 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 really built a strong profile in fundraising and corporate partnerships. And so we brought him on the team to help us to tackle this. Like, how do we how do we get these partnerships? Where does that come from? And he he was the one that that identified Hope Credit Union initially did the initial uh, reach out and said, hey, I, I think it could be a great partnership based on what we were doing and what Hope was doing. The footprint made sense in terms of where they they have uh, branches located within the, the states. And um, it wound up being such a, a fantastic um, opportunity. And so I have to, you know, I can't take any credit myself um, for anything that's happened because I've got a great team. And so, of course, you know about our media rights deal, um, bringing on the Urban Edge Network team. That was a huge blast, uh, um, uh, a huge blast across the country, uh, being the, the NAIA pro, uh, conference to sign the biggest uh, media mm -hmm. rights deal in history. And so, just bringing on the right people has been amazing. Um, you know, you've alluded to Danny. Danny's on with us tonight. Um, uh, we hired Danny about a month or so after, I think, that announcement. And um, she was able to come on and supercharge our marketing communication efforts. And it has just been um, phenomenal. And I mean, I have other members of the team that I'm probably not mentioning right now, but I would say that, you know, when you're looking to build and you kind of mentioned your teammates, you started talking about, hey, this is an idea. And then you brought your teammates on. It, it has really been truly been a collective effort um, of our team to continue to grow the conference's brand um, and make partnerships for our sponsors uh, meaningful. Um, you know, we have an NIL partner athlete who, um, you know, works with our schools to help students get NIL deals. I would say that the kids haven't been as interested in the NIL deals as I thought, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue to work and, and see how that works. But um, we have a partner there um, and, and some other ones that are, that are forthcoming, but those are by far probably been the most impactful for us. And it's been a lot of fun. So let me, let me ask a question, and then I'm going to come to Marlo for the next question, and Jim after that. You mentioned Urban Edge Network, but what about this deal with impact? And 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 then that expanding exposure. Tell us how that works, because it seems like a tremendous thing that's happening. Oh man, well let me say this: it is tremendous. So so the beauty the beauty of having a really good media rights partner. Um, in Urban Edge Network is it just hasn't stopped at um, the, the streaming portion of this. Um, the goal is to figure out how to get our brands into in front of as many people as we can. 
And so the partnership with Impact now expands our viewership into uh, linear, into the cable, into the places where people already are looking for our content. Um, you know, we've we've heard enough from other schools that are on the other four letter network. I can't um, say their names because they're not my partner. Um, <laughs> but what Urban Edge has essentially done is put us in those places. So whereas people can check us out on HBCU Plus online, on your devices, um, you can find the HBCU Plus uh, app on any smart device, iPad, iPhone, Samsung, smart TV, whatever device has internet and streaming, you can find our app. Um, you can find our app there. And not only that, if you are still, if you haven't cut the cord, let's talk about the people who haven't cut the cord yet, right? And they're still looking on traditional TV. The deal with Impact now puts us in 70% of the homes. Anybody who had some of the those, those regular cable providers that they're used to seeing, um, you can find us there. And so wow. that is the impact of having a great media rights partner who is looking to continue to grow, to expand. Now, on the flip side, let me tell you what that does to us. Thank you for those applause. Let me tell you what that also does now. When we talk about the value of what advertising looks like on our network that we own in collaboration with Urban Edge Network, that means that the revenue or the media buys that we can ask for become more because I mean, our audience is a lot larger. I mean, 70% of all homes in the nation, that's a huge audience, yeah. right? So that increases what we can ask for in terms of uh, ad revenue, which means that if we can ask for more money, that's more money that comes directly to our schools. Um, and so this year, because we've completed our first year, this will be our first year receiving a payout we are very much looking forward to what that payout's going to look like. I can't wait. Um, I'd probably love to come back on the show and talk about it. <laughs> All right, now. All right. When, when, when we get it and when we have an opportunity to announce that, we will have um, given our schools cash. Um, I, I, it will be the most amazing thing, in my personal opinion, that we will have been able to do um, for our conferences and in a way that people believe that it was not possible for a small HBCU conference to be able to do. <laughs> Dr. Kemp has the next question. She's been waiting to get on. Dr. Kemp. Yes, um, Dr. Barnes, can you, I, I thought it was interesting your statement when you said um, that a lot of the students are not interested in the NIL deals. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, can you just shed some light? Do you like think like why that is, or do they just not believe in it, or do you know why, or have any idea? I don't actually know necessarily know why. I have a thought that I I would mm -hmm. say why. Like so, what is required for an NIL deal is for them to want to commit to utilize their social media for the purposes of work. <laughs> um, so at the point that I decide to commit to being maybe my own personal brand, then I lose some freedoms, things that, you know, these kids have grown up with 
social media and used it more for fun than they have actually to make money. Now, there are influencers and young people who have decided they want to do this route. They commit to it and they work extremely hard to grow their brands. Um, it's not as easy as people would make it as as people make it seem. So I think that once they and then again, this is just my thought. I could be wrong. Like once they realize like, oh, I got to post this every time and I have to wear my hair this way or I have to do something with because I'm a brand ambassador. So there's an expectation of how I show up because people are following my brand. Like, well, I may not want to do that. I just want to have fun. Social media is for for my way of connecting with my friends all across the country because that was initially the purpose. And then people figured out a way to make money. And then it's, it's as always, it ruins everything, honestly. But it is what it is. Um, the, the human the human element ruins every good thing that's created. The internet was great. And then, like, AI is great, right? Then you have movie, movie theaters talking about uh, these movie companies talk about, oh, yeah, we're going to start scanning all the people's images so we don't have to pay background people no more the actors and we can use it in perpetuity. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But AI is great, right? Because you can see all the potential with it until the human element becomes involved. And then you have the evil people who decide that they want to cheat people out of money and, you know, use that. <laughs> Like it is insane, y'all. Like I swear, I was I I just recently okay. I'm digressing just a little bit, but let me tell y'all the story. I recently just took a course on AI because I'm like, okay, this is really good, and I was so excited. The course was great. I could see how AI could help me be a more efficient administrator. But then when I realized, like, well, I'm a good natured person. I wouldn't utilize AI to hurt people. But there are people who would. There is an AI app that can record your voice. And I was like, so somebody can record my voice and then they could take my voice and, and just use it and then put out a video on internet talking about the commissioner said. And I was like, but I didn't say that. I wasn't there. And then they could they could also take my image. Oh, they could create their own video with the AI with my picture and likeness and my voice. And they could say I said something and I was somewhere I wasn't. And what I'm going to do if it looked just like me and sound like me? Exactly. It's scary. It's scary. It is very scary. As beautiful as it is, I am afraid. <laughs> so after I was so excited about how I was going to be a more effective administrator, I started thinking like, yeah, somebody needs to put the clamps on this right now. <laughs> Dr. Barnes, I'm gonna anyway, let okay. Go I'm gonna let James get a question. Lord have mercy. I'm <laughs> sorry, y'all. The baby nervous. That's all right. Now you doing good. Prom. We love it. Yeah. Dr. Barnes, I have a qu a question for you. Last year in basketball, you used the uh, method where you had a host team and you played games over the weekend. How yes. does that go? Oh, James! It was again this year, or no? My the coaches have revolted, James. They want their home. They want their home and homes. And let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this. I still believe that the pod method is the future. Pod. I'm sorry. Wait, is that James? Am I talking to the right person? Yes. Yes. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So the pods, yes, I, I do feel like they're still the future, but um, the coaches wanted, while they, they got it, they still wanted their home and home contest. So we uh, created a schedule this year where they could have home and home. So, um, but it, it wasn't bad. It's just, they were like, but I didn't get all my home games and they felt like they lose some, some edge because they don't get the home and home. But okay, so put it to a vote. They said we want home and home. And so as commissioner, my job is to make sure that I, I, I execute on what the membership votes on. So Dr. Barnes, that's where we ended. All righty. Dr. Barnes, I have a question. You do realize yes, sir. That, um, you have two new schools, right? Talladega. Yes, sir. And the University of Virgin Islands. So now with the 10 team conference, but also in adding Talladega, the Gulf Coast Conference is the only conference that has both HBCUs that have gymnastics teams. Am I right? Mm. History. Absolutely. I said, I said, Dr. Barnes thought that was coming and made that deal with Talladega. She's always strategizing. <laughs> Okay, I, wow. <laughs> and, and, and Dr. Barnes, we were talking about gymnastics earlier, but with these two schools, uh, they'll play, I guess, head up, but then they compete against NCAA Division One. But it's very possible, if not in 2024, but by 2028, the Gulf Coast could be the first HBCU to have an Olympian in gymnastics. The way this is working. Hmm? What do you think? I think all things are possible. <laughs> Especially if you, <laughs> I, I, I think all things are possible. I don't, you know, so we are, I'm really excited. First of all, let me say to have Talladega back, um, you know, they were with us for, for a period of time. And so bringing them back is, it's kind of like, I feel like a home company, like welcome back home. feels really good to have them back. Um, but having both them and Fisk, I think really could set the example of what it could look like um, and inspire some other HBCUs to consider programs. Um, I know that this year for Coach Tarbert, I think you said, didn't, didn't you interview, um, Co did you interview Coach Tarbert this past year about gymnastics? No, I, tried, I tried to get her and it okay. was even tough for me to get an interview, but we're gonna get her on here. She was in Yeah, well, yeah, I'll tell you what, it was, um, it was a media storm for them. Like it, initially there were so many people coming from so many different places yes. Um, yes. at one time. It was a lot, but I do believe there's some great opportunities, um, you know, for, for them and maybe some potential opportunities for us to do some things um, kind of from a, from a girls and women's empowerment perspective um, with their program. So I'm definitely looking forward to kind of being a part of that and, seeing how we can assist them and um in growing their programs mm -hmm. dr uh, dr I, I want to talk about um your program here this media theme and lineup of original shows this thing is awesome and uh i've been reading tell us the strategy behind it what we're going to accomplish and all of that got fifth quarter on the court down the lead women in the lead now, this is exciting. All right. Well, let me 
Well, let me tell you, you know, Danny's on the call. I get to speak for her today, but that's her brainchild. Um, you know, one of, one of the things we want to do is now that we have people looking at our channels, we want to give them great content and um, ways for them to learn more about our programs. One of the things I appreciate about having our own platform with the um, with Urban Edge is we get to control it. We get to we get to say who our experts are. We get to say uh, we get to tell our own story. Um, oftentimes we don't get to tell our own stories. There are other people um, who are coming in and they're and telling it from their angle. And so uh, what Danny has pulled together is an opportunity for us to be able to share our own story how and the stories of our institutions um, in ways that and from a perspective that you just won't see anywhere, right? Only only on HBCU Plus, GCAC Network, um, you'll be able to get all of our content. Uh, the other piece of it, because it's ours and we own it, then all of that revenue comes to our conference and it allows us the opportunity to be able to uh, share it with our schools. And that's what this is about. Um, so on one hand, building a platform and also supporting other people who support us. And I will tell you that she, 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 she reached out, they put out the request. I think I remember seeing it on social media say, hey, we're looking to, to, to build a team. We need your help. We, we don't offer much yet, but we hope you'll help us grow and we can grow together. And uh, the, the 10 people who answered the call, we are extremely grateful for them and believe that we will work really hard together to not only amplify our schools, but those who have committed to our success and growth as well. Yes, absolutely. Dr. Kemp, we're going to come with you for the next uh, next question. And But before you do, I want to say this. Um, welcome. Tonight we have 14 people in the studio, but also 50, 50 others listening in the Podbean world and engaging. So, Dr. Barnes, this is the first time a lot of them are hearing about the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference can you just tell us the school that are in the conference for our listeners? And then we'll come to Dr. Kemp. Yes, the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference hosts, uh, is home to 10 institutions, Dillon University in New Orleans, Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee, Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama, um, oh, Philander bias. Smith. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dr. Ball, that's a biased <laughs> clap. For okay. Right. Go back to Fisk and start over. Our audience is a little biased. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. After Fisk, there's Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama. All right. Uh, then there is Philander Smith, no longer college, but university in Little yeah. Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. Rust College. Mm -hmm. Yep. Rust College in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Southern University, New Orleans in New Orleans, Louisiana, Talladega College in Talladega, Alabama, Tougaloo College in Jackson, well, Tougaloo, Mississippi, uh, right outside of Jackson, um, uh, University of Virgin Islands in uh, the Virgin Islands, St. <laughs> Thomas, I think. Yeah, St. Thomas. I got to make sure I get the right one. St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, and Wiley College in Marshall, Texas. Yeah. 
Dr. Morris, I'm glad you said that. And Dr. Kemp, I'm coming right to you. Uh, last year, there was a void. We had reached out to the coach, the young lady, I cannot remember her name, the weekend before she passed. And I was so, we all had a void. And just say something here you can't, can't about, she was going to be the basketball coach for Wiley. You remember? She passed from breast Tiffany, cancer. Tiffany. Tiffany Jackson. Yeah. Say something about it. We, we are void. Uh, we just want to mention her name because um, she's still a part of this conference, and I, and I really, really missed her. We reached out to her on the show the weekend that she passed. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I will tell you, that was that was a pretty, pretty, pretty Ooh, that was so sad, a sad moment, a pretty sad moment. Um, so unexpected. Um, I, I will say that I was unaware uh, that she was sick. So, so when it when we got the information, it was like, well, what do you mean? Like we we were just at the conference meeting. We we had hugged and welcomed her to the conference. We were excited to have her as the conference um, new head women's basketball coach. You know, especially her being a former WNBA player, uh, an impactful player as well, and mm-hmm. someone that we thought would be a great representative and someone we could we could build a league around between her um, and, and Kenny and Todd Day. You know, mm-hmm. we've got former professional athletes that we felt like could be some great ways to um, tell some stories around their transitions to coaching and now impacting young people. And so it, it just... It just was a really, really, really sad moment. And, you know, for, for Wiley College and their family, uh, the, you know, the Wildcat family, you know, of course, it was most tough on them being that, you know, those young ladies that she had recruited there and believed in her uh, would not have the opportunity to be coached by her. So uh, we were really saddened by it. And I'm, I'm remembering, I think we did, um, we did a tribute uh, to her. Mm-hmm. Um, during the during the championship, if I'm correct, or or an acknowledgement, and the and the young ladies from Wiley wore, I can't remember if it was a shirt or I think they had a shirt made that they wore throughout the season, kind of saying for coach. So you know the 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 um, the expressions of sympathy across the board for her family. I think she had a young son, um, mm-hmm. and for those who were close to her, was just was was really beautiful. Yeah, Tiffany Jackson. Rest in peace, Dr. Kemp. You and Jim. Getting to wrap it up. Um, Dr. Burns, my question is: What advice can you give to young ladies, or just you know, young people in general, especially young women, um, just trying to follow in your footsteps? Um, you won't say it, but I'm gonna say it um, by being the boss. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Being the boss takes a lot of courage. Um, you, you have to have courage, confidence, and you have to be good at what you do. Uh, competent. So my three C's: courage, competence, and, and competent. Um, I will say that. And I, I've been reflecting on this because y'all I'm working on my book, y'all. Um, right, I've been yeah. reflecting on this. Yes, I'm working on it because I get that question from young women all the time. And when I initially reflect on 
my journey, it's like, well, what did I do that was special to get here? And what I'll say is, I don't think I did anything special. But what I'll say is that I, I, I never was afraid to act or to take a step, even if other people weren't necessarily on board. I wasn't afraid to be the only one not in line with everybody else. Um, when I decided I believed in something or I believed, you know, if this was the right thing to do, you didn't have to agree with me for me to do it. Mm. Now, if you decided to agree with me, I mean, that's great. But if it's right, it's right. So I'm going to do what's right. You can say what you <laughs> want to say. Uh, and it didn't matter. And, I, and, and as a young person, I was ostracized for that. But as I got older, it always put me in the right place at the right time um and ready to receive whatever was in the space so courage to be your own person um uh, the confidence to take those steps and then the and then being competent at what you do best so i recently had a conversation with the, maybe it was about a month ago or so with the mentee um and we were having a conversation about a particular opportunity that they didn't get and I started asking questions, which I would say were competency questions about the particular role they were interested in. And I was like, you don't meet any of these criteria. <laughs> like, and it was kind of like, you know, if like, it, you know, knowing people don't matter if you're not competent. Mm. You, re you have to be good at what you desire to do. And what I'll say is, most of the time, if you're really good, people really know, and you won't have to apply, they will call you. Wow. But, and I can, I can say this because this has been my path. Uh, every job that I got was a phone call from somebody saying, hey, we saw you over there doing it, and we want you to do that over here. Come on now. Come on. And Danny that's, a, it's a, <laughs> what? <laughs> No, you're right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, and that's, a, I don't know, you know, and, and I'll, and I'm, I'm going to say this, this could probably be one of the controversial things, but I will say that when you learn to walk in that space, all of the isms that exist, racism, sexism, you find ways to get around them. Mm-hmm. Because because I have what somebody needs, like I'm always be I'm always be um, I'm somebody gonna always call me because I've clearly demonstrated that I can that I have what they need. Mm -hmm. If I can help them make more money or build a profile, I'm gonna get the phone call. Mm. That's all I'm gonna say, and they will get the phone calls. Um, the young people that I've worked with that that became confident, they had confidence and I learned to trust them. Like I was calling on their behalf or I might have been calling them up. They didn't have to apply. I already knew what they could do. And what they do is the need that I have. It really is that simple. But so hard. Daddy Wright puts in the chat, but she's also the most compassionate leader. And that is not something that every boss has. See, that, that just don't happen every day. Jim, I'm coming to you for a question. Jim? I have a question about the, you know, we have two now uh, gymnastic teams and HBCUs. Do you envision mm -hmm. a time where you will see 
that there will be a meet with all HBCU. Mm. Uh, I do. 16. Yeah. Let me say this. I do hope that's possible. We had some, you know, after Fitz started their program, we had some conversations last year with our um, with our council of presidents about whether or not they wanted to consider adding programs. Everything comes down to money every time, though. And um, we hope that if, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what the money looks like from the media rights dealing with those payouts, look to schools, look what those will look like. But I believe that if we're able to show, you know, or when we're able to show that there is a consistent revenue generating opportunity from the conference year in and year out where they know for sure they're getting a, a certain amount of money then I believe that institutions can begin to prepare to make moves like that. Um, what, and I'll just add this as an antidote. What, when I was on campus and we were looking to grow programs, what most people don't understand is that you've got every department on campus all fighting for the same pot of money. And so you'll, you will hear people really criticize HBCUs because we don't have the biggest or the newest, you know, computers or the newest facility or our gyms are old or our fields don't have the newest displays. And the question keeps coming is, well, where's the extra money we're going to get to do that? So there's, there's and, and I used to have this conversation with, with the students. I'll never forget the year the students, the SGA wanted to get Drake or somebody, I, you know, they were trying to get a national artist, right? Now, Drake's price may have been like $120,000, right? So, so they started a campaign online, um, fussing about the administration. We can't, we, you know, Southern, all these bigger schools had these bigger artists. So I sat down some of my student leaders, like some of them who were also in athletics, and I said, let's talk about it. I said, y'all want Drake? Let's look at, let's put the, let's put the paper to pen. So I put down $100,000 or whatever the number was at the time. I said, now, let's multiply that times student tuition. So we had about 1,200 students. I think that student fee was about, um, for the sake of being easy, like uh, $100. So your entire budget, um, hold on, y'all. Y'all help me with my math now. Hold on. I got, I got to pull up the calculator. Let's, let's multiply 1,200 students times $200. That's $120,000 now. That's hundred twenty. Okay. How much was it now? $240,000. Okay, no. You show? Wait. Because you must have hundred students. What one hundred times? Two hundred times. Yeah, two forty. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Two forty. Yeah. Now, you got two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Now, out of that two hundred and forty thousand dollars, they got to pay the student because it's a student activities fee, right? So all of your programming for the year and the cost it takes to to have the people who help them, like the the student affairs staff. All that being budgeted out at $240,000. So you're telling me you want to take $100,000 of your whole budget for one hour <laughs> at night. Is that a very 
good financial decision. I just need to understand. And if, 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 say, okay, say we decided, you say yes, Drake is worth $100,000 and us being on the map, right? Now, when some break down that over in the dorm and it costs $100,000, and then the, then the CFO say we ain't got it, whose fault is that? Mm. Because then you got the people over here. Oh, you could pay a hundred thousand dollars for Drake, but I'm over here and I ain't even got new computers. <laughs> the faculty decide they about to go on strike. They like, oh, they can pay a hundred thousand dollars for Drake for thirty minutes, but I've been in my labs. I ain't got no assistant over here to help me do my research. <laughs> <laughs> you know they gonna say it, Doctor Barnes. You know that. Listen. So, so what happens Tell is, so, so what I'm saying is, we get criticized because. And so, so I said, okay, let's figure out another way we can fund. Here are the two ways we fund this education. Your tuition. I said, so if we did increase uh, this amount to your tuition, do you think it will be worth, would you be willing to pay this amount more so you could get Drake for $100,000? They be kind of like, no. <laughs> matter, of fact, you're matter of fact, you're charging too much. Why well, I got to pay all this money? <laughs> But it's like, but you, am I right though? But their suggestion, mm -hmm. this was their suggestion. So, so what I'm saying is, okay, and so I take, I'm taking y'all all around the world. That's all right. But what I, but what I need for you to, but what I need for people to understand is, it's one pot of money and it ain't, but two ways to generate revenue. Either the tuition got to go up, one or the other, and then you, at our schools, everybody want free tickets. So ain't nobody, <laughs> ain't nobody paying to come to the games. Where the money coming from? Come on, y'all. We on podcast, right? Am Not I lying? <laughs> Dr. Barnes. No. You know, no. You know, you know, I know you ain't I know you ain't charged to be the cover here, right? No. No. Dr. Dr. Barnes. Last year when we brought you on, you know, you just I'm sorry. we can tell, we can tell we all family now. This time we love it. Listen, we're gonna go about five, four more minutes and we usually let Dr. Kemp get the last question in. So Dr. Kemp We'll let you get the last question in. Dr. Barnes, we're going to have to have you back. I know everybody wants you. Hey, but, uh, hey, you know. we got to talk about this because, see, people be giving HBCUs a hard time. But then when we start saying, give us more money or we need people to support us so we can do all this fancy stuff, don't nobody never want to pay. <laughs> I'm That's just saying. That's it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm here. Sorry, I was okay. uh, trying to unmute. Yes. So, um, Dr. Barnes, can you just um, share with us um, before you get off the line, if students or especially the women, young women, would like to, um, <laughs> I guess, apply for the your mentorship program that you mentioned? How yeah. how do they so I need email. They can email me right now. Kiki at KikiBakerBarnes.com. I'm actually getting ready to relaunch. Um, so I'm excited. So yes, please have them um, email me at Kiki at KikiBakerBarnes.com. Um, really excited about that for this year. Nice. Listen, Dr. Barnes, uh, I tried to tell 
I kept in no you yes, she hadn't been on. I tried to tell her the treat we would have. And uh, <laughs> it's an honor, a privilege. There's no accident that the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference is rising to be the number one conference in the country. Not just a oh. period. And it's because of this dynamic leader. And we just want to say, Dr. Barnes, uh, thank you so much for honoring us and giving us the privilege and coming on a show that you helped found. <laughs> and um, anything you want to say before we give give and also thank you, Miss Danny. Yes, they are. Anything that Yes, I want to say that. Um, I, I want to want to end my point. The reason why this conference deal and us making money from sports is such a big deal is because that that's where we're trying to help um, fill the gap. We're trying to create um, a consistent, predictable revenue that our schools know they'll get every year so that our schools have the benefit of being able to plan out upgrades and they will have it funded um, utilizing via their own network. So, yeah, I went all the way around the circle to talk about that's what we're trying to help them do. We don't want to make people who are already um, are having a tough time paying for school because our schools have mostly first generation students. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want them to have, we don't want to have the up tuition to create things for them. So if we can find other ways to generate revenue for our schools, that's the whole point of this. And that's what makes this opportunity with the conference so exciting. The opportunity to finally provide some type of financial support to help us grow and fill that gap. Amen. Listen, this doesn't happen every week, but even every month, only on Dr. Cliff Burton, friends. Last week, Coach Victoria Crawford. Tonight, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference Commissioner, Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes. Two weeks, we'll have Ms. Jackie Coward, all former and a here at Vanderbilt University. First black woman, one of the first few black women to play at Vanderbilt in the SEC. She'll be here in two weeks from now. And so, Dr. Kiki Barnes, what can we say? Thank you so much. You are continuing to light HBCUs, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, and we love you here. Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, you always have a voice in our home. Just remember that. Okay? Thank y'all. All righty. Danny Wright, we will see you back, everybody, this time next week, 168 hours from now. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you. Thank you, Dr. Barnes. Thank you, Danny Wright. Thank you, Dr. Barnes.